Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. This episode of Untold Physio Stories is sponsored by Edge Mobility System. Edge Mobility System is your online site for everything a PT, OT, DC, MT, ATC, or fitness pro would need. Get certified in blood flow restriction therapy or training online. Check out our full modern manual therapy seminars, ISTM toolkit, edge suspension trainer, portable tables, and more. Untold Physio Stories listeners can save 10% by going to edgemobsys.com. That's E-D-G-E-M-O-B-S-Y-S.com slash untold to save 10% off their first purchase. Edge Health and Tech Solutions. We do websites that work for you and give you an edge over the competition. Did you know that you have less than 10 seconds to capture someone's interest in your website before they click away? How about the fact that most people are accessing your website from their phone? Save thousands and get a fully mobile, appealing, and SEO-optimized website linked to your social media, email list, and Google My Business. All for one low price and no monthly fees. Why not keep doing what you do best in your business and allow us to handle the tech side? Let's get started. Find us at edgehealthandtech.com. Welcome back to another awesome episode of Untold Physio Stories. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. E, with Edge Mobility System, Modern Rehab Mastery, and Modern Manual Therapy. My co-host is... Dr. Andrew Rothschild with uh, Modern Patient Education, Modern Rehab Mastery. All right. Andrew's last story about an 82-year-old guy with gluteal tendinopathy and the misunderstanding of volume at the end, I think, is a great segue into the story that I have to tell today. And it's based off a blog post that David Butler wrote on noijam.com. That's a neuroorthopedic institute. That's his website. And it was, I think, I believe it was titled, do you parentheses miss? And then the rest of it was understand me. Hmm. Uh, And and the gist of it was, and, and, you know, there, there are certain articles or certain things that people say every once in a while that really strike me as poignant and and very relevant. And this just had a great message. And and the gist of his blog post was we often ask, we often ask patients, do you understand? Do you understand? You know, do you have any questions? But we don't ask if they misunderstand us, right? Because what is uh, what we think is understanding and what they think is understanding could be two very different things. So uh, they may, we may think they understand us and understand our message and the connotations um, and all the, you know, the education on the maladaptive beliefs and the inoculation of the thought viruses. We may think that because they say, yes, I understand that they, they perfectly understand, but it's actually a huge misunderstanding because their definition of understanding might mean something completely different. And we just take it for granted that it's like, yes, I understand means uh, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I saw a patient last week and um, 
you know, I made sure I always try to make sure before I see anyone that they read Greg Lehman's Recovery Strategies ebook because I feel like it does a great job of laying it down very eloquently and succinctly and um, at least starts the conversation, but also saves me time with a lot of the stuff on MRIs and arthritis and pain being sensitivity and what recovery should be like and all the kind of misconceptions about pain and structure and alignment. And um, this patient in particular just reached out to me from Australia and um, for for a virtual visit. And she all she could talk about was her tibia being externally rotated and um, the this fat pad irritation and all these like problems with alignment, alignment, alignment. Um, so for a good portion of our hour and it was supposed to be an hour session, but ended up being an hour and a half <laughs> because I tried to spend at least 45 minutes on, you know, just about what her scan showed and why I think that, you know, her degeneration doesn't matter, why I think that she doesn't need fat pad injections. And um, if you take scans of both knees, that the knee that doesn't hurt is often sometimes it looks the same and sometimes it looks worse. And she, you know, after a good amount of explanation and she quickly scanned the book, she, uh, she said, Oh yeah, I, I think I understand what you're saying. And I even asked her, well, what do you think happens if they were to scan both your knees, the knee that doesn't hurt at all, that you've never had any problems with, what do you think it would show? And then she was able to answer it. And then we, so she was, she was okay on that stuff. And then she really just kept on talking about alignment, alignment and, I was trying to tell her and she's trying to, you know, she's trying to show me how uh, her tibial tubercle is what looked to me uh, at least, you know, three through telehealth and, and, and like a webcam. It looked to me like maybe a little more swollen, like it didn't even have any effusion. It just looked a little different. Like the one that hurt was maybe 5% more prominent than the other one. Um and, you know, nothing that I would consider out of sorts. I thought she was going to show me maybe that she had a huge structural genu valgus or varus that we may not be able to change anyway. And, you know, I, I showed her a video of, you know, one of the fastest women running in the world and how she has a, a valgus collapse and it doesn't really bother her and, you know, things like that. So I'm trying to really kind of hammer away that alignment um one isn't changeable and two um she was probably born and developed that way uh or just not necessarily born that way but she developed that way from asymmetrical sitting or asymmetrical loading and um over the years and it's just you know she's in her mid to late 40s and it hasn't bothered her except her entire life except for her last couple of years but i'm sure that if you took an x-ray or even look at pictures of your knees, they probably would look exactly the same because she was fairly thin. You know, she's very fit and she's been a farmer all her life. So we end up um, going all the way through an exam and repeated lumbar motion side glides end up improving her knee pain almost immediately. She didn't even want to say improved. She just kept on saying it was different. Oh. It was different. Um, and I, and I, when someone says that, I, you know, I try to ask an open-ended question anyway. But in that case, I had to say, well, it's different. I mean, better, better or worse. She's like, I really don't want to say. I don't want to say. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't want to jinx it? You don't want to jinx it? She's like, yeah, you know, it just feels different. And she's smiling, so I could tell. And she's squatting different, and she's loading better. Um, and initially, when she when she did like a double leg squat, she was um, really deviating away, like from her involved side. She was like, kind of shifting her hips to the left, not weight bearing efficiently on the right. 
And after some side glides, I can tell she's squatting faster, she's squatting deeper, she's squatting um, very symmetrically. And then, um, you know, after, she kept on saying, why, why, why? I, you know, I'm not just, I'm not just going to do this because you say it works. And I said, well, that's great. And I don't have the, the, the best example of that. And I just tried to say that if we load the lumbar spine, uh, if that's the first thing that it can accept load and we already kind of ruled out your ankle uh, as not being a reason why your knee kind of collapses inward a little bit and you can't weight bear. Um, when you, when you restore the ability of that entire side to accept load efficiently, then a lot of times things in the middle just clear themselves up because someone, it turns out in another virtual visit had already given her a lot of the lateral tibial glide stuff that I, that I teach. Um, so she, she was okay with that. And, and, you know, toward the end, I, I thought I really kind of had her not thinking about alignment and at somewhere in the end, she, she, I was trying to have her recap everything that I said and she's like, and, and this will help improve my alignment. <laughs> And I really thought after, you know, an hour and 20 minutes into this, that we were kind of moving away from alignment and I didn't allow her to say fat pad anymore. Uh, I said, that was like, that was like an F word and you need to have like a, a fat pad jar. Cause every time you say fat pad, you're gonna need to put money in it now. Um, so I thought we were really moving away from this. And then she, she kind of went back to alignment. And then I just simply asked her, well, what is your, what's your definition of alignment? Because, you know, I'm. I'm saying it's it's affecting your ability to load and it's making you feel better and move better, but it's not changing your alignment. Like I can't just take your bones and put them back into place. And her definition of alignment, it turns out, is more of like a a dynamic a dynamic movement the way it's supposed to look, as opposed to what I was thinking of alignment as bones being rotated or subluxed or out of place. Ah. You know, she was just happy that she could squat symmetrically now. I gotcha. Um, so that's where I, you know, this, and then this whole thing was, came back to me. Like, did I spend too much time on, on trying to, you know, inoculate this thought virus of alignment when I really should have, I mean, I wouldn't have known this, but her definition of alignment was a lot different than mine. You know what I mean? Cause we wouldn't call that alignment when someone has like a, a single leg squat where the, if they have a, like a big valgus collapse or something, we wouldn't call that alignment. We would call that some sort of dynamic movement or, you know, single knee, single limb stance instability or something. Right. But we wouldn't call it alignment because to me, alignment doesn't, is a static thing, right? But she meant it as a dynamic thing. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's like, I think that's a really good point in terms of like we make assumptions that, um, you know, when you talked at the beginning about, you know, understanding or misunderstanding, you know, it's like, we have to look at, make sure we're, we're not the ones who are misunderstanding uh, with definitions or, or, or explanations. You know, a lot of times we assume it's the patient or making sure the patient understands. We have to make sure we, we're understanding at the same time. Yeah, I, I think that, that that was very enlightening. And 22 years in, I thought it was great. And it was really relevant because it was right on topic with what David Butler was talking about in, in a very recent blog post. Yeah, I have actually just real quick. I have a, a similar uh, a patient with a runner who has um, like a ITB friction type issue. And she has also responded well to like a, a repeated side glide for a reduced, you know, for symptom modulatory effect. And she still has some, you know, she still has some uh, symptoms, but it, they are significantly reduced when she does, when she does side glides in terms of like her squat ability uh, with less pain and tolerance with, with certain activities. 
Um, and she had the same thing, like, why, why is this working? And she's actually, uh, she has a, she's a vet. So she does have a, you know, a certain understanding, a good understanding of you know, anatomy and certain things. Um, but, you know, I, I had to struggle with the same thing that kind of like you did with the explanation, trying to, trying to have it make sense. But you know, to the point was like, okay, she's like, all right, I kind of, I understand. Probably. She probably just got uh, tired of, of you explain, explaining something that was completely foreign to her. <laughs> very possible. At the very, at the very least, she's like, you know what? It works. It makes it feel better. Let's, okay, we're moving on. Yeah. Well, I mean, with everything you and I teach and everything we know about pain science and patient expectation and therapeutic alliance, I often wonder, I don't even know why veterinary medicine works, Andrew. I mean, <laughs> what do these, these like horses and dogs and cats think when they get lasered? You know, yeah. like let's do yeah. these lasers and all of a sudden they're like, they feel better. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the dog has an expectation or, no. I mean, is there like a non-specific effects from the dog's therapeutic alliance with the vet that they think that this is going to really help their condition that they don't even know about? I mean, yeah, I wonder. it's all just like that. That's, it's like, there's gotta be something else going on for that non-specific effect. Right. I mean, the animal probably doesn't even really like being there. It's not like there's any placebo effect at all. The whole visit's a big nocebo. So why do they end up feeling better? You know, well, true. Like my my dog right now just tore his other essentially rear opposite rear leg uh, ACL, and he's just kind of like you know he's just chilling. He's just being. He's just kind of resting and recovering. And you know they're not like stressed like we are about well now I can't do this and now I can't do that and I'm not, not, not gonna be able to do this, which usually you know, confounds the problem. He's just kind of chilling. Yeah. They don't even worry about it until it bothers them. And then after that, yeah, it's like, what is it going to prevent them from getting pet or right. eating or playing ball or whatever? I mean, yeah. yeah. It's uh that, that is people always ask. Sometimes that comes, that kind comes up at least like once or twice a year in my courses. And I, I struggle to answer why that would, why things like that would work yeah. on, on a patient who has very limited understanding of, like there couldn't possibly be a like a placebo effect. Right. Yeah. No. I, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we talk about this a lot in our online mentoring program, of which Andrew is about to start his modern patient education with, and you can learn more about that in our closing credits. So, have a good day. Well, you can find me, uh, Doctor E, at Modern Rehab Mastery. That's our new online mentoring program. It includes modern manual therapy, modern patient education, and modern strength training. It's three months with three mentors, so one month with each mentor, four weeks, tons of modules, lots of CEUs, learn at your own pace for a month, then move on. Um, so go beyond the seminar. You also get chat room um, with your mentees and mentors and live Q&As every week. Check out all my products, Edge Mobility System. We have the new Edge ISTM toolbox that includes the Edge Mobility Star and the OG Edge Mobility Tool, our Edge Restriction System BFR cuffs. That's part of Dr. Kyle Coffey's Modern Strike Training BFR certificate. Uh, I hope to see you at a live eclectic approach course soon. That's Modern Manual Therapy um, in US, Canada, and South America. And uh, make sure to rate Untold Physio Stories five stars on Apple Podcasts. You could also subscribe on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And as always, you guys have an awesome day.